title of this sermon today is Praise Him. Praise Him. And there's a couple things that I want you to, or at least I hope that you get out of this sermon today. And one of the things that I hope you get is that you praise God always regardless of your circumstances. And I hope that you get and understand that when you praise God, you defeat the enemy and he has to flee. And that when you praise him, you start focusing on him instead of your problems. Think about that. Praise him this morning. Let me read. Psalms 150, verses 1 through 6. It says, praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Wow. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and the harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Let all be, you better listen to number six. Better listen to number six. It says, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise you the Lord. Now, you know, they have to take these glasses off to read. I got to put them back on because I want to see your faces. <laughs> and I want to see my wife when she gives me that look and tells me it's time to shut up. So I have to put them back on. But did you notice in those six scriptures that I just read? It talked about praising God. When to praise God. Why to praise God. And you'll notice there's not one thing in there that says praise him when you feel like it. I didn't see that. Pastor, did you see that scripture in there? I didn't see it. It didn't say praise him when you feel like it. Praise him when you feel good. Praise him when he blesses you with a bonus at work. I didn't see that, Pastor Kane. Now, let me tell you what. When I got a bonus at work, I thanked him for it. I thanked him for it. But see, I don't see anything in here that says, sometimes I'm afraid we get things all mixed up and turned around. And we start thanking God for stuff. And that is great. Don't, don't ever hesitate to thank God for the things that he does for you. The doors that he opens but don't confuse thanks with praise. Because, see, you thank God when he does things for you, right? Just like you thank somebody else. If I do something for you, you may shake my hand and thank you, brother, buddy. And you can thank God for these things. But when you thank somebody for something, you thank them because of a certain act that they may have done. And when you praise God, you, just, you should praise God just because he's God. No other reason. Look at the scripture again. It starts out by praise ye the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in the firmament of his power, praise him for his mighty acts, praise him according to his excellent greatness. Who's greater than God? Let me ask you that. <laughs> As you continue to study the word, you'll find scripture that says God is the highest power. Who's greater than God? Who's higher than God? Praise him just because he's God. No other reason. Because he's God. 
Oh, I think about it this morning, and, and I praise him, and I understand. And I've been understanding for a long time why I should praise God. And I know that sometimes when you go through things, because let's, let's face it, life can get hard sometimes, can't it? Life can get, life has, we have challenges. Life presents challenges. Is there anybody that never goes through any challenges? <laughs> I didn't think so. Life will present us challenges, and we have to overcome. And one of the best ways to overcome is through praise. Because again, praise takes the focus off the problem, causes you to look at God and realize how great and wonderful God is. Praise Him. Now, I know some of you are thinking, well, brother, buddy, you just don't understand. You don't understand the problems that I'm going through. It's easy for you to say, praise him, you're so good looking. <laughs> you're thinking, I know, I read your mind. And, and some of you are saying, and you got such a beautiful wife. How about that, man? <laughs> and you got this great job. And you got these grandkids that think you're the greatest grandpa in the world. And by the way, they are right. And you got all these things going for you, buddy, and you just don't understand. Well, let me tell you. Just to confirm a few things, I do have a beautiful wife. And I am really good looking. Thank you, Brother King. And uh, all that's true and fine and dandy. But you know what? I face problems just like anybody else. I'm not exempt. And, and I'll share a couple things with you just in case you didn't know. Got me a new boss at work. Guess what? I don't like him. I'm just being honest with you. I don't like him. I don't think he likes me very much either. <laughs> we butt heads quite a bit. So they fire this night supervisor that comes in at 1 o'clock in the morning. He comes into my office and he says, uh, hey, I hope we can count on you to fill in for this night supervisor for a couple of weeks. I said, no, you can't. He said, no, really, we, we were hoping that you could take this just for, just for a couple of weeks. I said, no, no, I can't do that. He said, but really, you know, we really want you to, and uh, you're more than qualified to, you know, do it, and, and uh, we just need you to do it. And I said, well, I, you know, I, I can't do it. I, I sleep at night. I don't work at night. And uh, so anyway, he comes to my office later that evening, and he says, well, have you thought about it? And I said, thought about what? He said, working that night shift. And finally I told him, I said, you know what, you're not asking me. You're telling me in a kind of a nice way. So I guess I'll be here in the morning. He said, it'll only be a couple of weeks. I said, sure it will. Well, that was 12 weeks ago. <laughs> I'm still getting up at midnight. Going to work at 1 o'clock. If I'm lucky, I leave at 11 or 12, you know. But you know what I found out through all of that? I praise God that I got a job. I don't like the situation I'm in. I ain't going to lie to you about it. I don't like getting up at midnight. You know, for uh, ever since I've been married, which is soon to be 47 years, I've been going to work at a, at a real time, you know, get up at, you know, 6 o'clock in the morning, go to work at 8, you know. Now, all of a sudden, i got to get up at midnight. I ain't even sleep good by midnight. Matter of fact, the last two Sunday nights, and I hope tonight ain't the same way, the last two Sunday nights at 11 o'clock at night, I'm still awake trying to go to sleep, knowing the alarm's going to go off at midnight. 
But I have learned that regardless of all of that and how much I don't like it, I still praise God because he's greater than that. And I praise him. Some of you may know that Bonnie lost her job. Well, she had a good job. I mean, it was a good job. The best job she ever had. And she made a lot of money. That's why I kept her around. And, uh, well, that was just one of the reasons. And uh, they sold the company. And they laid off the whole accounting department. And she don't have a job. Well, you know what that means? It means that paycheck quit coming in. <laughs> it's just, Pastor Kane, I looked. It ain't there. But you know what? We're still praising God. I'll oh, say we could, we could go the other way. We could, we could complain and cry and, and say, oh, me, God, what in the world am I going to do? Why, why did you let this happen to me? You ever find yourself there? Be honest. You ever find yourself saying, oh, God, why have you done that to me? Because we can find ourselves there. Matter of fact, as I was studying here in the, in the book of Psalms, let me tell you something. Psalms is a great book to read. There's 150 chapters. Don't worry about it, though. Most of them are short. And... It will teach you how to praise God. It will teach you what praise is. It will also show you, because there's one, one, one scripture here where David says, My God, my God, why, have, thou, have thou forsaken me? What's going on, Lord? I pray to you day and night, and I don't hear from you. So, you know what I'm trying to say is, even King David, being identified as a man who was a man after God's own heart, Went through periods of time where he said, my God, have, have you forsaken me? Have you forgot about me? Have you ever found yourself in that place to where you're facing difficulties, but yet it don't seem like God's hearing your prayer? It don't seem like he's doing what you want him to do. Now I found out I can never get God to do what I want him to do. He's God. He does what he wants to do. Amen? And I finally learned. It took me a while because I'm hard-headed. But it took me a while to understand. It took me a while to figure out. God don't do what I want. He does what he wants because he's greater than me. And his will is greater than my will. And his will is better than my will. So I have learned through much pain and suffering sometimes. I have learned to praise him regardless of the situation that I find myself in. And these six scriptures tell you a lot. Matter of fact, I could just go on and on and on about these six scriptures. About praising God. And sometimes you might think, well, things are not going so good and I just can't find a reason to praise God. You praise God because he's God. Let me, let me, read, this other, let me read this scripture again. It says, verse 2 says, praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. There's your reason. It didn't say praise him because he's blessing you financially. It didn't say praise him because he's gave you a beautiful wife. It didn't say praise him because you got the best job in the world and your boss thinks you're great. It said praise him for his excellent greatness. In other words, praise him for who he is and for what he's done. And when you're talking about what God has done, I want you to think about something for a moment. God started creating. And if you go back to Genesis and start reading, he started creating, and he just said, let it be. 
that right? He just spoke things. I mean, think that's how great God is. He just spoke things into existence. And everything we see, the world, the moon, the stars, the sun, the rivers, the lakes, the oceans, the animals, God spoke all that into existence. That's how great God is. But let me give you something. He decided to create man. Now, he could have spoke man into existence, couldn't he? He spoke everything else. He could have spoke man into existence, but he didn't. He formed, read, read Genesis, he formed man out of the dust of the earth. Do you, do, you, do you get that picture? When he formed man, he didn't speak, say, let there be man. He formed it. He took the dust of the earth and he made it up and he, and he made man. And he looked at him and he, and he said, you know what? He needs two eyes. And he gave him two eyes. He needs two ears. And he gave him one mouth because he needs to listen more what he talks, right? And he created man with his loving hands. And then the Bible says, I want you to get this now. He breathed the spirit of life into man. Think about that. Ain't that enough to praise him right there? If, if, if there's nothing, nothing else, if you can't think of nothing else, can you just praise him because he loved mankind so much that he formed mankind himself instead of just saying, let, it, let there be man? And then he went further. He looked at man, he got to look, he said, you know, this man was walking around the garden. He said, man, it's not good for man to be alone. Besides that, man's kind of ugly, except for Buddy. And, uh, <laughs> uh-oh, I got the look. I'm going to go this way over here for a while. <laughs> Preach to this side of the church, because Bonnie's giving me the look, so I got to come over here where it's a little safer. So then he took, he caused a deep sleep to come upon Adam and he took, y'all know the story, and he took the rib out of Adam and he created the most beautiful of all his creation. He said, I'm going to make woman so much better than man. I'm going to make woman so much more beautiful than man. Husbands, if you ain't looking at your wife right now and say, praise the Lord, then you're crazy. Praise the Lord, baby. <laughs> I thank God for that. I praise God that he loved mankind so much that he took the time to form us with his own hands. Right out of the dust. Breathe life into us. Wow. Does that, does that, I mean, does that tell you how great God is or what? Does that coincide with verse 2 where it says, Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. See, sometimes you get to thinking about all these things that come against you in life. You think, I don't have nothing to praise God. Well, yes, you do. You got plenty to praise God about. Plenty. Praise him for who he is. Praise him for what he's done. Now, you know what happened? Man disobeyed God. Ain't this something? God gave mankind one. Think about that a moment. One thing. You can do all this in this garden. And you can eat of all these trees that I've put in here. And I can just imagine all the different trees and stuff that produce food in the garden and, and how great the Garden of Eden was because it was, you know, it was a paradise, right? 
And I can imagine how great and how wonderful it was. And God says, just enjoy. And then think about this. The Bible tells us that every day God came and walked in the midst of the garden and communed with Adam and Eve. Wow. And he said one thing is all he said. Just don't touch that one tree. That tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Just leave it alone. That's all you got to do. Leave that one tree alone. Well, we just couldn't do it, could we? Man just couldn't leave it alone. And that invited sin into the world. But you know what? God didn't stop there. He didn't say, oh, dead gummit. That man and that woman that I created just messed things up. I'm just, I'm done with them. You ever get done with somebody? You ever say, you know what? I'm done with that person. Come on, don't lie. You know you have. I'm done with that person. That person is not going to do me that way anymore. I'm done. Aren't you glad God didn't say I'm done with mankind? Praise God. Hey, that's enough to praise him for right there, isn't it? He didn't say I'm done with mankind. You know what he said? I'm going to make a way of salvation for mankind. John 3, 16. I've known it since I was a little boy in Sunday school. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And those that believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Oh, man, can you praise him for everlasting life? You bet. I want you, have, do you think very much about everlasting life? Sometimes I feel like, and I'm only talking about me now. I ain't talking about no, no other preacher around. I'm talking about Buddy. Because, see, I love to preach about the goodness of God. And I love to preach about the love of Jesus. I'd rather preach about the love of Jesus than, than really than anything. You know, because it's so great. But we need to get back to sometime preaching about eternal life. Because that's where it's at. You know, the blessings that we live in in this world, the things that we go through in this world, don't really matter. What really matters is eternal life. Think about that. Listen, we're not going to live forever. You know why? Because when God took man, and he took Adam and Eve, and he drove them out of the garden. The Bible tells us that he put two angels there with flaming swords to guard that entrance so they couldn't get back in. You know why? Because in that garden was a tree of life. And if you eat from the tree of life, you live and you live and you live and you live. And God wasn't going to allow sin to live forever. But let me tell you, in the new heaven, there's a tree of life. You read about it in Revelation. And we're going to live forever. In heaven, if we've accepted Jesus Christ, their Savior, right? Is that enough to praise him? Oh, that's enough. You know what? Forget about everything else. Forget about the problems that you may be going through. Forget about the challenges that you face on a daily basis. Forget about the heartaches. Yes, we have broken hearts. Things happen in this life that break our hearts, cause us to cry. Forget about all of that. Forget about all the good things where God has blessed you with a good job, with a good paycheck, with good benefits, with a good spouse, with children and grandchildren, and on and on and on and on. Because all that is temporary. It's temporary. But let me tell you what's eternal, and that's eternal life with Jesus. So you can just kind of wipe everything else out for a moment. 
and just think about eternal life. If you can't praise him for eternal life, then you have a real problem. I'm just, I'm just trying to be honest with you now. You have a real problem if you can't praise him daily for eternal life. Because you see, I know we don't like to think about it. But we ain't living forever. Not on this earth. Now, I don't know if y'all noticed it or not. But if you take a really good look at me. <laughs> I, I'm not going there, Pastor Kane. I promise. I'm going somewhere else. <laughs> You take a really, really good look at me. I've gotten older. See, I swear I was going faster. <laughs> I've gotten older. I'm not a young man anymore. See, when I was a young man, I never thought that life was going to be over one day. Matter of fact, I didn't think 65 was ever going to come. I just kept living life, and I wasn't ready for 65. I still ain't. It's like, it snuck up on me. I just going on living life, working, doing this, doing that. Looked in the mirror one day and some old man was staring back at me. Don't know where he came from. <laughs> Resembles my daddy a lot. Now, see at best, I don't know how, I have no clue, you know, how long I'm going to live. The rapture might take place in the next few minutes and then we'll just all, you know, we'll just all go, right? Or, you know, I might die tomorrow of a heart attack. I don't know. Or I might live to be a hundred. But do you know, if I live to be a hundred, that 65% of my life has already been lived? Think about that. So you know what I think about a whole lot now that 65% of my life, at least, I don't know that I'll live to be a hundred, so it probably you know, could be like 85% of my life may have been lived. I don't know for sure, right? But because of that, see, I think more and more about eternity. Eternity's on my mind more than it's ever been. Because I realize that I may be facing eternity very soon. But let me tell you something, young person. You may be facing eternity very soon. The Bible tells us there's no promise of tomorrow. I have no idea how old anybody's going to live to be. Don't know. Only God knows that. But I'm telling you, we need to be ready for eternal life, and we need to praise God for eternal life. If I never praise him for anything else, I'm going to praise him for eternal life. Let's go to Psalms. What's that next scripture? I done forgot it. I'll look behind me. Why don't I do that? 22 and 3. I, I knew it was somewhere along in there. Psalms 22 and 3. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. And that's just a real simple scripture. It doesn't take a whole lot of explaining. God inhabits the praises of his people. That's, that's putting it in a nutshell. He inhabits the praises of his people. You want the presence of God? In other words... Praise invites the presence of the Lord. You want, you, you want to feel God's presence? You want to live in God's presence? Praise Him. Praise invites His presence. The scripture's right there. I'll tell you a story when I was a young man. I was seeking the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I just couldn't, you know, seem to 
to get there, if you will. And I remember talking to my dad, and I told him, I said, Dad, I believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but I don't think it's for me. <laughs> it's for other people. <laughs> it, it ain't for me, because I just can't get there, you know. And my, my dad said, Son, quit begging God to fill you with the Holy Ghost. You don't got to beg God for nothing. He said, matter of fact, son, just praise him. Well, I thought about that. Then my dad put up a, a tent and had this tent revival. It was supposed to have been a one-week revival. It wound up going a month. Can you believe going to a tent revival every night for one month? We did it. No air conditioning, you know. So we went. And my cousin and good friend, because he was more than a cousin, Al Clausen, he was a guitar picker, Pastor, and, and he loved to pick the guitar. And he wasn't saved, but he loved to pick the guitar, and we all went to church and everything, and all his family went to church, so he knew he could pop in and pick the guitar. So he, th he came to that revival every night himself because he wanted to play the guitar. And every night, my dad gave an altar call. And we were on stage, me and Joe Clausen, Al, and his dad gave an altar call. We'd start playing music. And uh, Al would put his guitar down and leave the tent. You know, the, 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 the God was convicting him. The Holy Spirit was convicting him and drawing him to him. And he was running from that. And every night for a couple of weeks, that's what happened. One night, my dad gave an altar call. Al got up, took his guitar, leaned it up against his amp, I looked over at Joe and I said, well, he's running again. And he did, but he ran to the altar this time. He ran to the altar and he repented of his sin. And I was so happy that my friend had accepted Jesus. And I put that old bass guitar down and I just walked off the stage and I just threw up both hands. And I just started praising God. I praise God because my friend had accepted Jesus Christ, which gained him eternal life. And I was, I mean, unashamed. I didn't care who's seen me. I, I didn't care who heard me. I'm praising God because this man that I love dearly had quit running from God and accepted Jesus as his Savior. And the Holy Ghost fell. Man and pastor, speaking in tongues, dancing all over the tent because I chose to just praise God. I didn't have to beg him for nothing. I just praised him. Praise. Praise. Look at that scripture again. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. You want to invite God's presence? Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Don't come up with this thing that you don't know what's going on in my life and I don't feel like praising him and nothing's right in my life and my heart's broken and, and all these different things and I can't praise him. Yes, you can. You can praise him. You can praise him for who he is. You can praise him because he's God. You can praise him because he formed you out of the dust of the earth. You can praise him because he gave his son's life so that you could have eternal life. Yes, you can praise him. And if you want to get through life today... I will strongly suggest that you praise him. Now, I said I wanted you to get a couple, two or three things out of this sermon. One was that if you praise him, 
you will invite his presence. Right? The scripture behind me says so. Another was, I already said it, but I'm going to repeat it. That if you praise him, you will take the focus off your own challenges of life and problems. And you will focus on God. Who takes care of all those things. And number three. If you praise him, it will cause the enemy to be defeated and flee. Oh, man. <laughs> I like it when the enemy's defeated and he has to leave. Amen? If you'll put up that scripture in Second Chronicles. And when they begin to sing and to praise the Lord. Well, let me just rephrase that because I kind of didn't read it right. And when they begin to sing and to praise, the Lord set, set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. You know what smitten means? It means defeated. It means they lost the battle, and Judah won the battle. Let me give you a little bit of background on that scripture. Jehoshaphat was the king of Judah, and these these Moab, Moabs and Ammon and all these different enemies had, had come against him. And they were about to attack. And their goal was to eliminate Israel. Isn't that something? You still have a goal today of, of, of these nations that want to eliminate Israel. But that's, that's another sermon. We'll get to that later. Some other time. But their goal is to defeat and eliminate Israel. And Jehoshaphat calls for a fast. And he falls to the ground on his face and he starts praising God. And the nation of Judah falls to the ground with him and starts praising God. And God gives him a plan. He says, take these singers and these people that play these instruments. I want you to get this. Put them before the army. Wow. Now, in my little you know, pea brain of thinking. I would think you'd put the army out first. Ain't that where the power usually is in the army? They have weapons. I would think you put the army out first and then have the people praising God. But no, God says, put these people in front of the army. And they went out in front of the army and they began to praise God. That's all they were doing was praising God. And God caused confusion among these armies. And they actually started fighting among themselves. They actually defeated themselves. Judah and Israel didn't have to do anything. They didn't do anything. But just watch as the Lord moved. The Lord caused these, these armies that had joined together to defeat Israel. Caused them to turn on their sails and defeat each other. See, when you praise God, the enemy is defeated. I've given you three good reasons today to praise God. And I could go on and on and give you a whole lot more. I read these six scriptures out of Psalms 150, and I noticed something as I was studying. From chapter 146 through 150. So you got 146, 147, 148, 149, and 150. Those chapters start with praise ye the Lord. They end with praise ye the Lord. So I'm going to end this sermon today with praise ye the Lord.
And I'm going to ask you and tell you, I don't know everything you're facing today. I, I shared a couple of things that, that me and Bonnie are facing. We, we, we're, we're fine. I, I, want, I want you to understand something. We're fine. I, you know, I told you Bonnie lost her job and lost her paycheck. But I do want to tell you this. We're fine, okay? I don't want to leave you with this any, any, any other, you know. I don't want you to be thinking, oh, my, what are they going to do? We are fine. Matter of fact, if Bonnie never brings another paycheck home, we'll still be fine. I'm serious. We will be fine because God is blessing us, taking care of us, and we praise him. So I don't want to leave you with that. I don't want to leave you with that. Old buddy told us these stories and they're defeated. No, we are not defeated. We are praising God. We are praising God because he loves us. We are praising God for who he is. We are praising God because he set the plan of salvation in place and we have eternal life. We are praising God because he loves us more than anybody. Nothing compares to the love of God. And we're going to continue to praise God. And I want to leave you with this right here. Praise ye the Lord. God bless you, Pastor Avery.